Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank. Glad you are here uh, with us tonight. And, folks, just a quick word. If you didn't hear last week's program, you need to go back. Come out of her, my people. Folks, I don't know what else to say in this hour. Come out of her. And just because you've not physically left uh, the part of her that is here in America, you need to come out of this system now and be separate and touch not the unclean thing um, folks this is a different day every week is a new change in our society and it is time to make a choice uh, whom are you going to serve who are you going to follow in this hour the lord is into leading his people through the fire through this time and, and if if you want god will take care of you but he doesn't force himself He wants you to come and follow him because you desire him and you love him and you care for him. So come out of her, my people, is a very important uh, program because it is for right now. And I just want to say a special um, just to my friends, Ronnie, who just lost his father. We had to do his funeral last weekend. Um, Brother, I love you. And uh, there's so many people and challenges, even our own family, the of hardships that are going on right now. Brother Benjamin, everyone, David Murray, we all, the, the devil is in the business right now of attacking those who are following him. Uh, and folks, prayer, prayer, and more prayer, and fasting, and seeking the Lord's face, that is the remedy for this hour. And so I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, someone who knows about prayer, who knows about the times that we are in, and who is not a guest. It's more like family on the Remnant Call. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us? Hey, Frank. I'm right and here. I, I, I hate saying guest, man. <laughs> we have known you now for a long time. And uh, guest is far from it. Family, and so glad to have you back here and uh, tonight on the show. And um, it's just, if, you, if we go one week or three days or two days even without talking, it is it's like a different world every time we get on the phone now. That's how rapidly things are changing. Yeah, we're in, we're in hyperspeed now. You know, the Lord is shortening the time. We are rushing to the conclusion, and thank God for that, because I'm ready to be done with this nonsense we Amen. see happening around us every day of the year. Remember that. Well, brother, I know, um, you know, to, yesterday we had talked about the program and you've been praying and you'd shared with me the title and but I'm just going to ask if you could open us up with a word of prayer um, before we get into this, because I have a feeling that um, what's going to come forward in this hour uh, is going to be for this moment. So, brother, if you could open prayer, I'd appreciate it. 
Oh, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we come with thanksgiving on our lips, with praise in our hearts. We enter your gates with rejoicing. Lord, we consecrate this time to you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring forth a real word of truth and of life, of deliverance and of healing and of hope filled with faith and filled with love. And that, Lord, you would move without any hindrance, that there'd be nothing the enemy could do to hinder the true word of God coming forth tonight on this program. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Yeah. Well, brother, you, you the title tonight, uh, The Vision, uh, Brother David Wilkerson, a uh, man who um, a huge, tremendous impact on my life. Um, was responsible for more tears mowing my lawn. I think my neighbors probably thought, this guy's got issues. He's always crying when he's out mowing. Because I used to listen to his messages when I would be on the mower, and it just tear me up to pieces. And um, so he was God the real deal. He was. Mm-hmm. He sure was. As compared to the seven thousand counterfeit churches of Babylon, there are a few that are the real churches of the elect of the God of Israel. And then there's a lot of counterfeits. So yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the the vision that David had. In 1973, Frank, 47 years ago, and I remember when when he had the vision. I was reading his, was it every month he sent out a newsletter, I think, or was it every week? I can't remember. You probably read him, too. Well, I didn't really start listening or reading his stuff until the after I got saved in 99. Oh, okay. So I got like about 30 years ahead of on David, I read everything David wrote for the, well, until he went on to be with the Lord. Yeah, he was an awesome man of God, and I uh, had the pleasure of meeting him at the Times Square Church in Manhattan. And um, and no doubt we'll be we'll all get the pleasure of meeting him again pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah! So yeah, the, David Wilkerson's vision. Um, I would, you know, encourage everybody. You might want to get a copy of the book, The Vision and Beyond, Prophecies Fulfilled and Still to Come. And it includes the entire original book, The Vision, but it also includes updates to the current hour. But before we get into David's vision, I'm going to just read a little scripture. Praise God. And I want, I want to read a little bit from Joel chapter 3. The Lord judges the nations. And brothers and sisters, if it isn't obvious yet, I don't know what it's going to take. I guess you'll need a mushroom cloud in your backyard, and that's coming sooner than later. But it's obvious, the events of this world, the events that are occurring in our cities. I mean, this is insanity that we're watching. Mankind has literally gone insane. And we ain't seen nothing yet. The darkness is only going to grow. So let's start with the Word of God, Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days, 
the days in which the Lord will judge the nations. The days that begin in 2020, the 2020s, the Wuhan 400 time. And in that time, which is our time, I will bring again the captivity. I will restore my people from their captivity, both in Judah and in Jerusalem. And notice, you know, the prophecies regarding Judah are different than the prophecies regarding Israel. Because if you remember, the kingdom had divided. There was the kingdom of Judah, which encompassed the tribe of Judah and their lands, the tribe of Benjamin and their lands, the city of Jerusalem, and the faithful remnant of the Levitical priesthood. They stayed in Jerusalem to minister to the Lord. And the other ten tribes and and part of the Levitical tribe, they went off in another path. They went to Bethel, where they did their religious worship. They went to the high places. They sacrificed to Baal, who, Baal means husband. It means Lord in Hebrew. They thought they were worshiping the Lord, but they had turned and were, in fact, following another god. They were among the 7,000 synagogues in Israel that had turned to serve the gods of Babylon, the gods of the Chaldeans. And the amazing thing is the sin and compromise within that people blinded them to the reality of their condition. And so they went into the judgment unaware and unprepared. The outcome was not good. But in the book of Joel, the Lord says, I'm going to turn back the captivity. I'm going to break Satan's bonds over my people, Judah. And you know, Judah was the faithful, smaller kingdom that had stayed faithful to the Lord and Jerusalem. And so God's promise of deliverance of a remnant, this is the, the year of his redeemed. The year of my remnant is come. So the redeemed of the Lord will rejoice in this time. In verse 2, I will also gather all of the nations. Send out the message. Send an email. Make an announcement to the world. Let the nations come. And he's bringing them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. And that word means there God will judge them. And I will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage Israel, whom they scattered among the nations, and they divided my land. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that the current position of both the United Nations and the United States? A two-state solution. And they cast lots for my people. Yes, and what have I to you to do with me, O Tyre, O Zidon, and O Co- the coastlands of the Palestinians? Will you recompense me? Will you render me a recompense? If you recompense me swiftly and speedily, I will return it on your own head. You've taken my silver and my gold. You've carried it into your pagan temples, my godly and goodly pleasant things. The children of Judah and the children of Jerusalem you've sold to the Grecians. But I will sell your sons and daughters into the hands of Judah. Pro- 
proclaim this among the Gentiles. This is sort of like the news flash. Really, this should be like the, the little ticker, you know, in Times Square. Pro- pro- proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men in China, in India, in North Korea, in Iran, in Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, Iraq, Libya, Syria, and all of the communist powers, and all of the Chaldean states. Awaken the nations, awaken the heathen, and command them to prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men, and let the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords. Beat your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. I just want to stop there for a moment. That verse is quoted oftentimes. Let the weak say, I am strong. This is not a verse of Christian doctrine, folks. Now, it is true that when we're weak, he is strong. But this particular verse, this is the heathen speaking, and they're boasting about their strength when, in fact, they're merely weak. Assemble yourselves and come, all you heathen, and gather yourselves together round about, and there cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Oh, wow. Okay, now there's a new, there's a new revelation of what's going to happen in this time. The mighty ones, the Gabarim, they're coming down. Who might that be? Well, that would be the Lord, and it would be his 144,000. And how is it that they come down? Well, in Isaiah 13, we know they come from heaven. Well, how in the world did the 144,000 come from heaven? Because as soon as the man child is born, they are caught up to heaven. Wow. Has anyone been translated into heaven? Is there any scriptural basis for that? Well, yeah, there is. People have gone to heaven heaven. And the 144,000 are going to be assembled before the throne of the Lord. Oh, how I pray and wish I could be there just to watch this. Twelve armies from the twelve tribes, twelve thousand warriors strong, full of the very power of Almighty God, standing at attention before the Lamb and before the throne of Almighty God. And the Lord is ready to send His mighty ones down. We don't know how long they'll be in the heavens. Maybe just for an hour. Maybe for nine hours or eight or seven hours. All we know is that the 144,000, the mighty ones, the Gabarim, they're coming down at the time of the great war. And isn't that amazing? Assemble and come and gather together, and there the Lord will cause his mighty ones to come down. Let the heathen be awakened. And let them come into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will judge the heathen roundabout. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, and the wickedness of the world is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And the sun and the moon shall be darkened soon, and the stars will withdraw their shining. And the Lord also shall, he shall roar out of Zion. And he will utter his mighty voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. 
But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Hallelujah. God's going to be the hope of his people in the time that is ahead. Hallelujah. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion. God's going to reveal himself as to who he is in the camp of the righteous. I dwell in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy, and there'll be no more strangers passing through her anymore. At the point of this war, the remnant will repent utterly. And it will come to pass in that day, the mountains will drop down with new wine. And in the hills they shall flow with milk, and the rivers of Judah will flow with waters. And a fountain shall come forth in the house of the Lord, and shall water from the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be desolate, Edom destroyed as a desolate wilderness, for their violence against the children of Judah, because they shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah will dwell forever, Jerusalem from generation to generation, and I will cleanse their blood that I have not yet cleansed, for the Lord dwells in Zion. What a utterly contrasted future awaits the world. God gathering the heathen, preparing for the great war, the battle of Ezekiel 38, which is World War III, which is coming to pass. We're seeing China, India. We're seeing North Korea military movements. We're seeing Iran. We're seeing Taiwan. We're seeing military incursions into U.S. airspace. We are seeing all the signs that this is not far off now. And at the same time this war goes off, God's going to send the 144,000 into the earth to rescue his little remnant. And following the war, which my opinion will be relatively short-lived. It won't last long. It won't be a war over years. It'll be a war over months. Following that war, following the ride of the red horse, the black horse of famine and desolation and pestilence and doom and misery and only darkness upon the inhabitants of the world, woe unto you, woe unto the heathen, for the day is near. Even a day of gross darkness, it is near. A day of fear and of perplexity and of confusion. And yet in that day, the mountains of the, of the remnant of God will drop with new wine. That's why the scripture says it will be very well with the remnant. The hills will flow with milk. The rivers will be filled with water. And a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord of living water. And God's going to heal all of the people. I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. And if you're in the remnant, you're getting healed. It's in the scripture. All of them will be healed. Miraculous healings for everyone. Just like the, the, the Passover of Hezekiah, where they missed the date. And Hezekiah was so upset, and he... He inquired, you know, what do I do? And, and the, the advice was, we'll, we'll just have the Passover again on the wrong day. And then the religious mocked him to scorn, and the only people that came were the people without any hope at all. Only a remnant came, and Hezekiah prayed, and the good Lord healed everyone. And so, again, 
The Lord is going to heal a remnant of his people, and the mountains will drip with new wine. The new wine of the new covenant. God's going to cover his people under the blood of the Lamb, and the hills will flow with milk, and honey will be in the, literally in the hand of the people. And it's going to be a blessing. So those of you that are in the remnant, don't be afraid. Your time of deliverance is coming. And the Lord is coming. We know from Habakkuk 3, he comes forth for the salvation of his people. And he also comes to execute the judgment written upon the house of wickedness. So, praise God. That's the background. I wanted to just set that. And then we're going to go through some of the things from David Wilkerson's vision. And I would encourage you all, you know, first of all, um, you, you might want to get this entire book. It's a blessing to read. I'm just going to take a few excerpts. Economic confusion was the first thing David prophesied. A great economic collapse would come. There would be good years, but ultimately an economic collapse, and then there would be a sudden rush to buy farms, ranches, and homes in the country. Thousands would be attempting to flee the cities. There would be a, a desire to get away from it all. The price of rural land will soar. And so that's happening right now. Up here in Idaho, people are flocking in. People are coming from the cities, the blue states, even some of the cities in the red states. People want out of, you know, they've seen what's happening. So there's a sudden rush to get away from the main cities where, you know, Antifa has already been rampaging, where the lockdowns were just almost a prison sentence, and people are yearning to find freedom. Those who do not prepare are going to get hurt, David wrote. People who spend on unneeded things will suffer. People that fail to prepare, they will suffer. This, this is not a time to go into debt. And not even gold will provide security. I find this fascinating. The price of gold will rise astronomically. When David wrote this in 1973, I think gold had just been legalized, and it was for sale at like $100, something like that. And by 1979, it had risen to $871. Maybe the starting price when they made it legal for Americans to own gold. It jumped to like 136 pretty quick. But and now gold is 1600 and David is warning, gold is, has and will probably rise further in price, but it will not be sustained. Neither will silver or gold offer real security. Believe it not, this is David's words, even gold will not hold its value. Gold hoarders are going to get hurt badly. This is one of the most significant prophecies or predictions in his book, The Vision. And, you know, one of the reasons is once the economy completely collapses, once this, once this Ezekiel 38 battle goes down, you guys, there's, the trucks won't be running. They're, the stores will be empty. What are you going to do with the gold? It's just weighing you down. I mean, people may take it with them for a season, but it's not going to save us. 
David goes on, confusion for the positive thinking preachers. Those who preach a message of success and positive thinking are going to discover the reality of their false teachings. The economic crisis that's coming, the United States will be blamed. Europe and Japan will place the blame on Washington and the American bankers. That was already fulfilled in the 2008 financial crisis, where the housing crash was created by U.S. rating agencies that basically rated garbage mortgages as AAA because they packaged a 1,000 of them together. A 1,000 loans that are not creditworthy don't become a good credit just because you add them all together. That's what they did. That ultimately created the housing bubble as they gave huge loans out to people that could never pay them back. The subsequent crash caused trillions in losses, trillions in dollars stolen from not only the United States, but from savers and pension plans around the world. And America was already blamed. So that prophecy came true already. Beware, hoarding will not help. The only security, David says, is in rural land. Money that's hoarded is going to disappear like out of a like sand out of a bag with holes in it. So the money isn't going to hold value. It's a time when you need to pray about what you're giving, indiscriminate giving just to f- fulfill what you believe to be an obligation to tithe will not be acceptable to the Lord. You need to search out exactly what you're doing. And you know what? There's many fake ministries out there. There are fake orphanages operating in the third world that are not blessing the children. They put the kids up for photographs, and and in, in several instances they take photos of the neighborhood children. They'll give out little cookies or whatever, and all the kids are smiling, and they'll photograph them, and, and those are the orphans. And And maybe they do have a real orphanage, and perhaps the children are being sexually trafficked. And Christians, undiscerning Christians, are supporting these fake ministries. So you need to pray and get confirmation on what you're doing. Drastic weather changes, earthquakes. These are just the beginning of sorrows. Floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, hailstorms, violent hailstorms. More than a third of the United States will be designated a disaster area in the coming years. Men will talk about nature being out of control. Nature is about to go wild. Depletion of relief funds. There will be an outbreak of epidemics. Pandemics, manufactured, you know, mandemics or plandemics or whatever you want to call them, they're all coming. Violent hailstorms of unbelievable proportions. We've already seen that. Thousands, tens of thousands of homes were destroyed in Colorado Springs a couple years back by a violent hailstorm. Didn't even make the national news. It took more, more than a year to repair all the roofs that were destroyed because they just don't have that kind of contract capability. Intense ice storms are coming. A decade of disaster. A flood of filth on the television, on the internet, on the magazines, in the newspapers. A sodomy widespread. A great falling away within the ministry. A last ditch attempt to deceive God's chosen. Satan is going to come as an angel of light. So subtle so innocent. What a sweet looking old lady sitting so sweetly 
so disguised, few will recognize what is happening right before their eyes, that these are ministers of darkness. These are witches that have come among us with their YouTube programs and speaking at these famous conferences. And they will deceive God's people, infiltrating among us. A major deception of false prosperity is coming. Scores of Christians will become obsessed by things. Money-mad Christians. Well, we already saw that play out. The misuse of leisure time. Wasted time. Time that could be spent committed to the things of God. Being spent on the pleasures and entertainment of the flesh. A gossip war is coming. Satan's declared war on every true ministry. He'll leave no stone unturned in an attempt to discredit and shipwreck every true servant of God. Satan's going to raise up gossip mongers to harass, malign, and lie against them. Ministers who thought they had no enemies in the world will wake up to find they've got many. Innuendos of lies, false statements, will be floated around the world from the very pits of hell. It'll be a supernatural demonstration of Satan's power. Not one true minister will be immune. Legions of lying spirits have been turned loose upon the world with the single purpose of accusing Christians through gossip and slander. The gossip war will not only be aimed at ministers, but against all true believers. And an increase in false doctrines Well, let me back up. Have we not all seen that gossip war? It's amazing. And Satan doesn't need the truth. He's quite comfortable relying upon the lie. An increase in false doctrines. Men will turn to false doctrines and new ideas rather than the true word of God. The scripture tells us the same thing. Men will no longer endure sound doctrine and rather will turn to doctrines of devils and to false prophecies and to the teachings of men. And so it's come among us. A gospel of extremes. Angels of light will stand in the pulpits preaching and teaching heresy. There will be a false Christian movement that will emphasize the casting out of devils. They will claim to do miracles, heal the sick. They will be involved in feeding the poor and preach great love, but they will not be of the Lord. These will be false ministries. There will be a rebirth of the true movement of God. There'll be a rebirth of an underground church that'll be found preaching the return of Christ and the end of the age. They will be a thorn in the side of the harlot church, and they will sting and sear the consciences of people that are devoted to the things of the flesh. Devil worshipers will be in open conflict with these true Jesus followers. Folks, that's happening right now. We are under direct warfare. And you need to be praying daily to cancel Satan's agenda, to break the power of the, of the solical prayers of these carnal Christians that would be praying against you, break the witchcraft, 
break all their works, because they are in open conflict against us. Only those living by true faith will be able to discern the spiritual wickedness in high places. Most Christians cannot see the witches that are among us. They'll watch the witch on on YouTube and they'll be like, you know, something isn't quite right, but I can't put my finger on it. Well, it's because it's right out of hell that it ain't quite right. Matter of fact, it's totally wrong. And it's deadly if you sit under it. The number one problem of the future, I hate my parents. The number one youth problem in the future will be hatred of parents. A man's enemies will become the member of his own household. It's going to spread like a cancer. Ah, Let me introduce you to Antifa and to the rest of the radicalized communist youth that are in our country. A new sex drug will be concocted. Well, you guys know about that. That's already happened. Marijuana will be legalized. Who could have believed that would happen? Wait a minute. It did. Children will be provoked. A day will come when sons and daughters will betray their parents and cause them to be put to death. A man's worst enemies will be the children of his own household. Father turning against son, mother against daughter, children against parents, and a betrayal of all family ties. Many of us have seen that already. A man's enemies will be the members of his own house. Jesus warned of that. That's actually, Jesus actually spoke of that in, um, in Matthew 24, where he said that our enemies would be the members of our own house. And that quote, Jesus quoted the prophet Micah in chapter 7 in his prophecy of the, the destruction of family loyalty and the absolute betrayal and breaking of all family ties that would occur in the last days, in the final hours, when he quoted Micah 7, verse 6. But I'm going to read to you from verse 4. Two, the good man is perished out of the earth. There's none upright among men. So don't be looking for other people to hear for you from the Lord. They all lie in wait. They hunt every man his brother, that they may do evil earnestly. The prince seeks, and the judge asks for a reward, corruption, bribery. And the greatest men, they utter their mischievous desire, and so they wrap it up. The best of them is the briar. Those who consider themselves the most upright Christians are a briar patch today. They're steeped in legalism with no love. The most upright among us are sharper than a thorn hedge. They will cut you to pieces. The day of your watchman and your visitation has come. The day of the Lord is here. Now shall be their time of perplexity. Trust not in your friends. I want to make sure you heard me. Trust not in a friend. Go read Micah 7 for yourself. Put no confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of your mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonors the father, the daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies are the men of his own household. 
Therefore, I will look unto the Lord, and I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. And he will bring me forth into the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then I will see my desire on my enemies. Then she that is my enemy shall see it and shame will cover them which said, Where is thy God? Now shall they be trodden down as the mire in the streets. So this is a time of great family division, a time of children betraying parents, and, and, and no doubt this is happening. A spirit of persecution is coming. Friends, this is what's right around the corner. An hour of persecution is coming such as mankind has never before witnessed more ferocious than the persecution of the early church, more ferocious than the persecution of the Roman Empire, where Nero was throwing Christians to lions and, and covering them in tar and oil and lighting them on fire as torches for his banquets. A madness is coming. There will be a persecution of all true followers of Jesus. It will arise like a many-headed monster out of the sea. It will begin slowly and subtly. At a time when religious freedoms still exist in our country, it will spread through the United States, Canada, and the entire world until it becomes a kind of madness. Madness is coming. The rise of a super church. Well, we're watching that happen. I see a formation of a super church a union between Protestant ecumenicalists and Protestant social justice churches and the Roman Catholic Church joining hand in hand. Claiming the name of Jesus, they will be serving the Antichrist in many of his political agendas. And homosexuals and lesbians will be welcomed into this church. Well, that's already happening. Occult practices within the church. Some communities will seek to defang the devil and remake his image as one of a non-entity, not to be feared. And so witchcraft and occult practices will be brought within the church. We're already seeing that. The visible superworld church will gain power tremendously from these occult forces because it will be actually based on witchcraft. This is the woman in the ephod of Zechariah chapter 5 where there's wickedness therein. That's that spirit of rebellion, that spirit of Jezebel, that false, you know, the, that harlot church. And then there's a talent of lead, a cover put on it. And it's lifted up by the unclean spirits, and they take it to the land of Shinar, which are the plains of Babylon. And so it has prospered in the land of America Babylon. It's about to be judged. Hallelujah. There'll be actual ministers of Satan. Satan will send evangelists of of witchcraft and of Satanism will be sent to recruit the young. This has been going on. It hasn't received any media attention, but it's been happening in the colleges, it's been happening in the prisons, it's been happening in our country. Satanic evangelists have been 
preaching about the power of the enemy, and they will be zealously working at making converts. They will use all forms of the occult to try to deceive our youth who are seeking the truth. And it's going to ultimately produce a trial upon the church itself. A time of madness is coming upon the earth. Well, I'd say we're about there. And you guys need to understand, the witches and the Satanists and these people that are dedicated to our destruction and who are dedicated to the subjugation of this planet under the rule of the Antichrist. And by the way, they're having worldwide marches on Father's Day, this Sunday, June 21st, marching for the new world order of Satan all over. Consider fasting and praying on that day. I know it's Father's Day. Father, maybe lead the family in a day of prayer against the evil of this time. And, and get together and, and celebrate and, uh, with a nice meal another day. Let's all fast and pray against this darkness. Because i got news for you. These witches, these Satanists, these enemies of, of the faith and enemies of the church, they're fasting and praying every week. They pray three times a day against us. They fast and pray several times a week against us. And, and what is our response? Well, whatever it is, it's been inadequate. But that needs to change in the camp of the remnant. It's time for us to stand up. The day's upon us. This is all manifesting. Virtually, the vast majority of everything David wrote about is happening. He he also included a message to the unprepared in which he talked about the, tri the terrorism that's coming, the tribulation that's coming. Over two billion people will be killed in the world war that's coming. The world will seem out of control. Pretty much there. A one world government and, a, and an antichrist will, will rise and then a final world war and there'll be an increase in devil worship. That's all happening. Killer diseases killer bees, killer hornets that are more like weapon systems are coming among us, food shortages, and the seven final judgments, malignant sores and skin cancers, the death of the oceans, the death and pollution of the rivers and waters where they will turn to blood, killer heat waves, the sun scorching men with fire, and the power will be out, the kingdom of the beast thrown into darkness, scorching Incredible heat that will not relent in the night. Blackouts, international blackouts with the kingdom of the beast thrown into darkness. And the men will gnaw their tongues for pain. A bloodbath across the world. And a bloodbath in the final battle of Armageddon. Hundred pound hailstones, earthquakes. Judgments so outrageous they will pale in comparison to even Hitler's persecutions in his oven, Stalin's purges, the horrible suffering we've already witnessed in Pakistan, Bangladesh, the suffering that occurred in Cambodia in the 70s, suffering that's occurring around the world. What's about to be unleashed on the world is a nightmare of unprecedented dimensions, a time such as never was. It's about to come upon the earth. But then David also wrote a section, a message to the prepared. But 
First, uh, one more comment about the country. Devouring fires will rise in our land to the heavens. There's going to be serious fires coming, you guys. Because once the war starts, there's going to be nobody to put out the fires. Darkness will cover the land. The economy will be hit with a staggering blow. There'll be disunity in the nation, in communities, in neighborhoods, in families. I'd say we're there, right? This country is about as divided as it can get without completely fracturing into a civil war. People will look out only for themselves. In desperate fights, they will fight for their survival. And if God help you, if you come near them, he wrote. So that's what the wicked and the unprepared have to look forward to. Now let's look at David's message to the prepared. David goes on to comfort and to encourage us. And then he says, the Lord spoke to him when he asked, Lord, what should I tell the faithful church? He said, God spoke to him five little words that you need to hold in your heart. You need to put it on a post-it note and put it on your fridge, put it on your desk, put it on the wall. And these five words are simply this. God has everything under control. God has everything under control, and we are Amen. under his control as well. Do not fear the devil. It's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. Whenever you're tempted to give ground to a spirit of fear, renounce it. Don't fear what men can do, and don't fear what's coming upon the earth. Renounce it. Don't receive it. Repent of it. Claim the covering of the blood of the, the, blood of the Lamb, and pray for the Lord to teach you the fear of the Lord once we learn the fear of the Lord we will not fear the men for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind 2 Timothy 1 7 David writes let the dollar fall let depression come let there be wars and rumors of wars let society itself disintegrate let mankind go into drunken madness on the brink of disaster but for every true child of God, everything is still under control. It really doesn't matter. Nothing can harm those who abide under the shelter of his almighty wings. The almighty is bigger than any shadow this age can project. God's children need fear no evil. Their children will never beg for bread. He will supply every true need in time. We do not have a promise of world peace or of tranquility, or personal security in the flesh, or continuous financial well-being. But we are promised peace and security in our soul and in our mind, the supernatural provision for every true need, and the assurance that we will never be begging for bread. Mm, amen. God is in control, and he's going to rescue his remnant. We know that the whole world is groaning, in travailing in pain, waiting for the redemption of the sons and daughters of God. The sons of God are in travail. The, the woman is in travail. People are crying out in travailing pain, in pain to be delivered. But the deliverance is coming. Now, I know some Christians are not really in pain right now. And, and praise God, if that's you, rejoice. But if you're not fasting and praying and, and pressing in with all your might, if, if you are walking in the place of complacency, 
if instead of fasting you're 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 having waffles and whipped cream and you, and you're always enjoying the pleasures of this life and you don't care anything for the suffering of Joseph there's Joseph's among among us right now you guys who've been called to a special anointing. They have a special purpose in the kingdom in the days that are directly ahead. And these people are in prison. They are in chains. They are in suffering. And the Lord says, Woe unto the church that, that laid back on their ivory couches and drank wine from bowls, and they ate the fatted lambs, and they feared no evil. And they assumed they're, they're fine, everything's good with me. I keep the law perfectly. They're the ones that are actually sharper than the thorn hedge, although they don't even see when they cut the people around them. And they don't really have any concern for the ones that are suffering. Woe unto them. This isn't going to be a good time for them. They're going to get purged in the fire. We all should be fasting and praying now. If you're not fasting, you're not going to be lasting very long. Now, if you can't fast, you know, that's between you and God. But the express commandment in, in the scriptures is, is for the last day's remnant people to begin fasting and praying and gathering in small groups in solemn assemblies and confessing your sins one to another and getting real and getting honest, but be very careful who you pray with and be very careful who you confess your sins with because there are many enemies among us. But it is a time for the remnant to prepare. And it's time for the complacent to stay complacent. You know? They're hoping Trump gets elected again. They want to make Babylon great again. They want more time. For what? I don't know. But they're not going to get more time. Time's up. The judgment sequence has begun. You know, if people can't figure that out, it's like, what planet are you on? You know, I had been warning for years that, for at least the last several years, that 2020 would be the 70th year of Babylon and, and that the judgment sequence would begin. And, you know, depending how you benchmark the calendar, you could perhaps see the Great War in, in his latest 2021. But, folks, we don't got another decade to mess around. 2020 did not disappoint us. The lives we've lived, they're gone. I don't know if you've noticed. Half, what, 40 million Americans are unemployed, or is it 30 million now? But the economy's in shreds. The Fed's printing trillions of dollars every month. John Williams made the comment, they're printing money this fast because they don't want the country to be destroyed this morning. They're willing to let it collapse later in the afternoon, which is a a humorous way to say this deluge of final deficit spending is the actions of a bankrupt entity right before bankruptcy occurs. Major corporations, before they file for bankruptcy, they borrow every dime they can. Use it or lose it. Once they file for bankruptcy, those credit lines are all closed. And so the U.S. is just on a splurge, print as many dollars as possible while the dollar is still the reserve currency of the world. Because as soon as that changes, bang, it's over. The economy will shudder to a stop. And maybe they can keep the game going until the war. 
Once the war starts, first carrier sunk, I say we've got a currency crisis. First U.S. naval warship sunk by a hypersonic missile, I would say there's a major currency crisis in, in the very, almost immediate. Within 24 to 48 hours, the international exchange system will, will seize up the crisis will begin. It'll grow. It'll escalate. It's, and if you thought it was moving quickly up to this point, just stick around, you know. Stay tuned. Turn the news on in another week or another month. Wait till summer comes. I remember the uh, when I heard the Lord, and, and it was absolutely crystal clear. He said to me, tell the people to clean their houses for summer is coming soon. You know, I think he meant actually clean the house, and he also meant clean your house, which is your temple, which is your soul and your body. We need to clean our bodies. You guys, the food has contained polymers that were manufactured to, to poison you. The, the aerial spraying has been poisoning you. The water is contaminated. The food is full of all kinds of chemicals, glyphosates that are destroying your microbiome. Your health and your immune system is being degraded as you continue to eat all those corporate products that you mistakenly call food. And the remedy is to begin fasting and cleansing and detoxing yourself spiritually and physically. And how many Christians are doing it? How many Christians can fast and pray for even one day? You know, and if you can't, if you've got a job where you've got physical requirements and you've got to work and you can't fast for several days, then do the Daniel fast. Get rid of all processed food. Get rid of all meat, chicken, fish. All animal products are gone. The coffee's gone. The dairy is gone. The bread is gone. And you eat whatever you want out of green leafy vegetables, fruits and nuts and seeds. And drink plenty of water and take a lot of vitamin C, you guys. You should be ramping up vitamin C. Take it and mix it in water. Try to get up to 16,000 milligrams. 16 grams a day is one recommendation. It'll help boost your immune system. But seriously, the, the admonition for fasting and praying and the admonition for cleaning our temples is because of the pollution that we've all been exposed to over our lifetimes. So I would leave you with the admonition. Search it out for yourself. You know, you really want to be fasting. And, and if you do have the kind of job where you have to work five days a week and it requires severe exertion, no, you can't completely fast on water and go do a construction job. It's impossible. But you can do the Daniel fast, and it will, after three weeks of a, what is essentially a pure vegan diet, your health will begin to change. And your body will begin to be purified. So... You know, seek the Lord on all of this for yourself. But anyway, that was just a couple excerpts from David's book and David's vision, and uh, I share it with uh, with uh, you know also a recommendation. Some of you guys might want to actually get the book and read the whole thing. It's pretty amazing. No, Amen, brother. I I was just thinking as you were going through all these things, if you would have just done a program on the things he spoke of that hadn't come to pass yet, we'd have been done in five minutes. Um. Because it's <laughs> people, you, you've got to understand this was what 1973. Okay, in order to get pornography back then, it was a lot more difficult. 
to find a bad magazine or whatever. The things he talked about, and I can't remember uh, if it was in the vision, was it, or it was in Set the Trumpet to the Mouth, where the Lord showed him one day there would be little dishes on the sides of homes about the size of a basketball that people could get pornography directly into their homes. I mean, no, folks, no one could have imagined that back then. Dish Network and all those things. Brother Wilkerson saw it long before it came to pass. And, uh, folks, this is the culmination. This is, it's all, it's all falling into place. And um, I'll tell you, it's time to come out of her and be separate and, and fast and pray. And like Benjamin said, if you can't fast because your job, you can do the Daniel fast. Uh, try it for 40 days. Uh, ch- change your, you know, you don't have to maybe go 40 days, but you will not die from going on a vegan diet and, and eating like that. Uh, unless your doctor says you have to have meat to survive, which I'm maybe, maybe in a, a pe- someone with um, uh, what's Crohn's disease potentially, you know, may need some more. But other than that, you're talking about eating Garden of Eden style. You'll be fine. It was good enough for Adam and Eve. I think you'll be fine. And uh, so anyway, you need a large we- assortment of vegetables. And you definitely need an assortment of nuts. And, you know, if you go do the homework on the Internet, all of the proteins that are necessary for human health are available through green leafy vegetables. I'm thinking broccoli. They're available through the seeds. They're available through the nuts. They're available through the fruit. And, yes, it will totally cleanse your system. And, you know, the processed food was manufactured with an objective of attacking the church you guys. Satan didn't miss a beat. Everything was weaponized, including the food. Wait a minute. This all started with food in the garden and with what we would choose to eat. So here we are at the end, and again it comes down to what are you going to choose to eat and who are you going to choose to obey? And and brother, that's a part of the whole mark of the beast, folks. If your belly is your God... And that's the, if they know that if they can control the food supply and make you, hung, make you hungry, no man can buy nor sell without the mark. Um, folks, fasting and praying now is just it's a way to begin to start learning how to lean upon God and his word for your nourishment. Um, it, it will bless you. You'll, you you're never going to go on a fast and you're really seeking the Lord and say, well, that was horrible. That's, I mean, you might have some hardship, but when you find the breakthrough day, um, about the day four usually, around there, you're going to be like, wow, why did I wait so long to try this? Um, and it'll be amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, Don't let the devil deceive. You know, and there's a lot of Christians that will say, oh, I can't fast because I'm too thin. Well, go get the book by Dr. Joel Furman. Fasting and Eating for Health, he'll explain to you the medical science reality, the truth, but that's not even true. You're lying to yourself, brother. Put the pancakes and the whipped cream away for a few days. Every one of us will be healthier as a result of a fast. And, you know, and if you've got the ability, if you're retired or you're not working right now, and you can actually fast with just the distilled water and the cut-up beet, celery, and carrots, so that you're getting the, the necessary organic minerals, electrolytes, and the organic salts to keep the blood chemistry up, and you can completely cleanse your colon, and you can fast for, for an extended period. You get past day three, and it's a downhill skiing run. And you get past day seven, and your vision goes high definition, and your whole body starts detoxing. And the power of God, 
Let me tell you, when you get out past day seven, you go into your prayer closet, you call in the name of the Lord, and you say, Father, I'm fasting today to break the bonds of iniquity and the yokes of Satan off the lives of your people that are on my prayer list. And I pray, Lord, I'm not going to eat anything today unless you feed me with the living manna that comes out of heaven. It's the only bread I'm going to have today. And, Father, I'm hungry in my spirit for the living manna. I thirst for the living water. Let me tell you, God responds in in a powerful way. And the Lord, go read Isaiah 58 for yourself. The Lord basically says, you do this for the benefit of uh, basically overturning the kingdom of Satan, of destroying the works of the devil in the lives of, the, of your family, your friends, and the people that you're praying for. You stand in the gap. You fast and pray. You pour out your life. God's going to move. Or you could be like um, the church who wants to offer a sacrifice. You know, they're willing to make a sacrifice to the Lord. It just, they don't want it to cost them anything. So they'll offer you, well, I'll pray for you, brother, and they say a couple words, and then they might decree your healing or decree your deliverance, and then they're done. And words are cheap, folks. When King David was in the presence of Ornan, when he was at Ornan's threshing floor, and the judgment of God had was coming down on the land, and he was told by the prophet to offer a sacrifice. And Ornan said, I'll give you the threshing floor, the oxen, even the threshing instruments to kindle the fire. David said, no, I will not sacrifice that which costs me nothing. And we were told that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. But you know, a lot of Christians will say, Lord, I present my body a sacrifice. But in reality, it's just words. There's no cost to that sacrifice to them because they go on living for the pleasure of the flesh as if they said nothing at all thinking that simply the words are enough this is a generation whose words are just empty i'm sorry but that's what's really happened here in this in this generation there's you know there's words i'll leave you with a with Evidence, confirmation of my statement from Holy Scripture, Isaiah 26, verse 17. As a woman with child, here we are, we're in travail, waiting the delivery. As drawing near the time of her delivery is in pain. And the man-child company, they are in excruciating pain right now. And they're crying out in their pain. So we've been in thy sight, O Lord. We've been with child. We've been in pain. We have, we have as it were, brought forth only the wind. We've not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen under the power of God. And, you know, it's a, literally an indictment that the church at the very last hour, with the woman in travail, the larger company, the experience of the people has been, all we've actually done is bring forth wind, a lot of hot air, a lot of words, a lot of air, but no cost. You know, nobody, no, very few churches calling the entire congregation to fasting and prayer. Very few believers literally, you know, denying their flesh. When we are a people of compromise, folks. And the Laodicean era was an era of, you know, claim God's promises, God's going to prosper you, and, and, you know, you're rich, be rich and in need of nothing, and, you know, we don't need to fast and pray. 
Oh, we, we, we've already been delivered. We're all about to disappear and head off to a seven-year party in the heavens. But God's not going to begin the wedding feast without the groom. And the Lord's coming down. He's going to be rather busy in the next seven years, whenever the final seven years begin, which will be following the end of World War III, when Israel begins to clear the land of the defilement of the, the contaminated weapons for seven years. The Lord is coming to fulfill the second half of his seven-year ministry. You can't have the wedding feast without the groom. Oh, and by the way, much of the bride is still in the remnant company. So, you know, I don't know what these Gentile Laodicean Christians were thinking, but most of them aren't probably the bride anyway. They're just the guests at the wedding feast. You know, maybe they're the bride. I don't know, but I know one thing. The wedding feast will await the coming of the kingdom, and that will follow the completion of all that has been written, and then the actual return of the Lord when he will appear in the clouds. So, you guys, get busy. Redeem the time. There's not a lot left. Amen. And if I, Benjamin, if I could quote you from, uh, I think it was a church in Ohio, of a message nobody on here sure has ever heard, uh, except I did years ago. Uh, Benjamin, I remember a word you said, it's time to shut your sunroofs. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, folks, yeah. we're not flying out of here. The no. Lord promised to carry us through. Like Noah and the ark, he will be there. Like the three men in the fiery furnace, there will be a fourth man in the fire with us. We are going to be okay because our God is with us no matter what happens. Don't forget it. That's the power of his deliverance and what he's going to do and bring forth. And, and the good news, folks, is that you've been grafted in. Romans chapter 11, we as Gentiles, or maybe you're Jews, I have no idea. I'm a mutt, okay? I don't know what I am. But I know one thing, I follow the Lord, and therefore I am grafted in, and I am a part of Israel. I am a part of the truth because I've been grafted into the vine, and I've got news for you, you're either grafted in or you're not. The replacement theology doesn't exist in the Bible, you're either in or you're out. Therefore all Israel will be saved, both Jew and Gentile who have been grafted in, and what a glorious thing. God brought us all together in his family. Uh, that's wonderful news. Anybody, anywhere can be a part. And so, Benjamin, thank you for the message tonight. God bless you on that, brother. I appreciate it. And God bless those who David Wilkerson touched and his family that are still living today. Uh, the man suffered tremendously, uh, yet he carried forth the word even in his suffering. And, man, the devil attacked his family harshly for sharing the truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, he and he was also attacked by all the apostate ministers, of which there are many. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. They hated him. Amen. Well, God bless you, Brother Benjamin. Thank you for coming on to the Remnant Call. Uh, God bless each one of you. Folks, I forgot to mention something at the beginning of the program. I just wanted to make sure you know about. YouTube has been deleting some of my, uh, some people's comments. Okay, people are like, hey, if I, I said something, did I say something wrong? No, you didn't. And actually, I've had some really good comments against me, uh, calling me out. I, the other week, I was called out a couple times uh, that I had white privilege because I mentioned something. I, whoever did that, I wanted to let you know I wasn't going to delete your comment. It was gone on its own. 
Um, so YouTube is deleting things. Um, I can't help it. So if you post something and it's gone, um, now I do delete some of them. If you come and tell me that you don't have to fast and all this stuff and say something contrary to what we just said, uh, I'll probably delete your comment because I'm just tired of hearing it. Um, but the truth is, I don't, you know, if you want to say something, you know, you can feel free to say it, uh, but just know that they are literally removing comments now. So it won't be long. They'll censor everything, and the remnant call will be a thing of a pa- the past, but it's okay because something greater is coming, and that's the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Benjamin, God bless you. Thank you so much. Folks, this is Brother Benjamin and Brother Frank on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion.